Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Four Persons Network. Join us at this hour of mercy for the chaplet of divine mercy for the intentions of the holy souls in purgatory and to rid the world of the scourge of abortion. The intro is by Donna Corey Gibson, copied from the YouTube channel Super School. You expired, Jesus, but the force of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O fount of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of historical passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of historical passion, Have mercy on us and on the whole world. John, I've unmuted you. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, 
have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, 
I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. And on Sundays, I like to use the prayer from the Roman Missal, votive mass of the mercy of God. O God, whose mercies are without number and whose treasury of good, treasure of goodness is infinite, graciously increase the faith of the people consecrated to you, that all may grasp and rightly understand by whose love they have been created, through whose blood they have been redeemed, and by whose spirit they have been reborn. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And John, since today is the Feast of Our Lady of Lords, I assume you want to announce something on the uh, daily update, so let me go ahead and turn it over to you, because I know I'm going to run over with Our Lady of Lords. Well, that's okay. We can go into the archives. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to take a step back, because... Um you did recently Catherine Emmerich, and that was um, a, a big one for me, too, because I read her complete works, which is uh, 760 pages, and, and it's a big book. It's not a small book. No, it is not. Uh, and uh, I, I was really surprised a prominent figure throughout the entire book was Melchizedek, and I really, really kind of piqued my interest in in Melchizedek, that kind of shadowy figure of the of the Bible, who is at, at a minimum is a type of Christ, a prefigurement of Christ, uh, and a lot of people believe it's actually Christ Himself um, traveled through time back to the old Old Testament days. Anyway, uh, Our Lady of Lords is also a um, a big one for me. Now you know that this November I'm going to the Holy Land, yes. I've already made my mind up that my next pilgrimage is going to be uh, to France. I want to see um, Lourdes. I want to travel to uh, Nevers to uh, see the actual incorrupt uh, body of St. Bernadette. Yes. And, uh, and, and I'd actually also like to travel to Paris to see the incorrupt body of Catherine Labore of uh, 
the uh, miraculous medal. Um, and uh, I, I actually named my youngest daughter Megan Bernadette. I actually named her after uh, Saint Bernadette. Uh, so I always had a devotion to, uh, to Bernadette for some time. When my daughter was real little, I bought a book um, about St. Bernadette by an author named Francis Truku. And I had always hoped that my daughter would read that book uh, about her namesake. And if there's a lot of noise, it's because I'm driving. Okay. But I'd always hoped that my daughter would read that book, and lo and behold, she never did. And 20-something years later, when I went through this uh, binge of reading books, I decided I was going to read that book, and um, I was very impacted by it, and my admiration for uh, St. Bernadette uh, just just went up that much more. Um, as far as the daily update is concerned, Rich, we've got a lot of things that are going on with um, William Hemsworth just doing a lot of things with the Bible Network uh, and uh, Catholicism Rocks, and we're kind of trying to figure out how we're going to up the production level on all of those things, and we're going to move more and more and more to live video. We've already done some, but we're going to move more and more and more to it. And... Um, really up things on the production level. And I think I have the sound thing worked out. I know we were having a lot of <laughs> sound issues, especially with uh, the video productions. But there's a lot of things in the hopper, nothing in particular right now, but a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Okay. Well, I know Luke has a show tomorrow night. Yes, we're going to try to tackle uh, Gospel of John again. And um, we had two weeks in a row where uh, sound issues um, sabotaged it. And uh, last week, Luke was uh, not feeling well. He was under the weather. So the devil is really giving us fits. But uh, we're going to try again tomorrow night to continue with the Gospel of John. And then I know on Friday, Ken tentatively has an interview scheduled, and if the interview doesn't go forward, then he's going to answer common questions about Catholicism. Right. What, what he told me is if, if, the, if the interview doesn't go forward as scheduled, then he was going to have me on, and we're going to do the uh, answer common objections uh, episode. And then, as of last night, not only did William not know what his topic was for next week, but he didn't know what he was going to have for dinner. And this was about seven o'clock Central Time when he texted, when he emailed me that and told me. Yeah, well, that's not unusual for somebody as busy as as, as he is. I, I don't know how he does it, all the balls that he has in the air, um, but. Um, William's doing a, a, a terrific job, and I know he'll come up with, with, with something fantastic. He always does. Uh, did you also, did you ever get a chance to listen to the little production I made on the uh, Purple and Scarlet Prophecy? I did. 
Yeah. And so I thought it was a great a formal... opening statement. I just wish that they would uh, come on and, and, and debate us. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing about it, when you listen, honestly, when you listen to the facts as I laid out, there, there's really nothing that they can, that they can give as a, as, as a challenge. Um, and it just goes to show these people that make these wild attacks against Catholicism um, are the people that claim that they know the Bible, uh, but they don't. And what they do is they, they like to spend all their time in Daniel and Revelation and books like that because they figure they can make those books mean whatever it is that they want them to mean because they're prophetic, they're shadowy language. <clears throat> but as we proved in our special, just because the language is symbolic and allegorical doesn't mean that the author is not talking about specific persons, places, and things. What a lot of people don't realize is the reason why John used that symbolic and allegorical language is because when the letters were transmitted over land by courier, basically, there was always a danger they would be intercepted by the enemies of the early Christian church. And that was the enemies both in the, you know, the Jews and the Romans. Correct. So they used, they used a lot of this allegorical, symbolic language so that the readers that were within the covenant would understand it, but those who were outside would not. They wouldn't pick up on the symbols and realize that we were talking about them. Um, but this idea that the book of Revelation, that everything in the book of Revelation uh, points forward to the you know the end of times in the 21st century, that, that's a, a notion that was basically made up in the 1970s. That was an interpretation uh, that was created in the 1970s by guys like Hal Lindsey, um, who has a remarkable record of... Uh, making predictions that didn't come to pass, uh, and yet he still does it. Uh, but, you know, it's just an example of the more that you really understand Scripture and what Scripture is really saying, what Scripture is really teaching, the more likely it is that you're going to be captive. Exactly. You know, and I, I, I've got a strong suspicion that people have been saying for 2,000 years that the book of Revelation is talking about now. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's just not. I mean, when you, when you, look, when you look at the evidence, and uh, one of the things that I've pointed out over and over again is that John speaks in the present tense. He speaks about things that are happening now. The, the whore who sits on the waters, the whore rules over the nations. He's speaking in present tense and past tense over and over and over again. Um, whereas, you know, when the Bible is prophesying future things, it talks about them that way. It talks about this will come to pass. This, you know, in, in, in time this will come true. Uh, it, it makes it clear about when it's talking about present things, when it's talking about future things. The book of Revelation, in in fact, in the first chapter of the book of Revelation, 
when it's talking about the things that would come to pass, it said, every eye would see him, even those who pierced him. Well, <laughs> for those who have pierced him to be able to see him, they would have to still be alive in, in 68 AD when, when John wrote the book. So, not talking exactly. about future things. You know, so, but, you know, be it as it may, I, I don't think that he was talking about the 1990s or 2024, for that matter. Right, right. And, um, yeah, it, it touches on it very lightly in Chapter 21 and 22, but uh, that's not what that book is about. There's plenty of prophecies and predictions that are made about those times, but that's not what that book is about. But, you know, on the network, we've, we've been doing a lot of good things lately. Uh, Lisa recently had another really good show. We had a good interview with, with Father Imperato, and a lot of good things going on, and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, sometimes it's difficult to keep the momentum up and, and, and to keep working against it. The obstacles and, and, and uh, you know, let's face it, the devil is attacking us with everything that he has, trying to trying to bring us down. Well, he's been trying to do that for two thousand years as well. Well, so. you know, we're human beings, and we're in the flesh, and we have good days and we have bad days, and. Uh, I'm on my way to church right now and uh, determined to just try to keep going. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, we're not hypocrites here, Richard. We're, we're, we're real people. And I think that's one of the things why, one of the reasons why we're gaining a following is people realize that all of us are real and we're genuine. And, folks, we struggle through all of the same things that you guys struggle through. We struggle through doubt. We struggle through temptation. We struggle through anxiety, um, frustration. All of the same things that everybody else struggles with. We're, we're no different. We're all in this in this same fight together. Exactly. And I kind of knew that yesterday when you made the comments to me that you made. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't having a particularly good day. Um, but um, that's part of the human condition. You're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's there's problems and issues that have gone on for a long, long time. Uh, and, and sometimes you can kind of weather it. And sometimes in quiet moments it, it kind of hits you hard. And you know, yesterday was one of those times. And, you know, a lot of times... You know, during, during the holidays, it hits me hard. You know, being a stranger for me, you know, yeah. this this was, you know, Keela dying when she did. I was in shock all through the holidays last year and just didn't realize it. And so yeah. this year was really, in my mind, my first holiday without Keela. You know, I was just so much in shock last year that I just didn't realize it. Yeah. But uh, on March 2nd, 
uh, and I've been promoing this pretty much uh, since her show with Mike Chauncey, Lisa Marina Cole, the Catholic version of Striper, is going to be interviewing Andrew Dean on the Rockin' for God talk show. And of course, that is exclusive to the Four Persons Network, even though she does it uh, with video on YouTube, it's still a Four Persons Network show. Yeah, and um, we're just very thankful for uh, everything that Lisa uh, has contributed, um, you know, including our theme song. And uh, exactly. every, every, everything that she's contributed, and um, but we're even more thankful for her for just being a terrific person and a great friend. She really has exactly. that. Uh, and I think we can say the same with uh, same with Luke and, and William and and, uh, and Ken and Lewis and Chantal and Cherry and just all of them. Exactly. Terrific people, friends. We got we and got some great friends here. Goes for you as well. Well, thank you. It goes for you as well, brother. Thank you. Really appreciate that. And. Uh, wow. Now that I've got, uh, I, I sent you a little audio that I um, that I put together uh, today. So now that I've got the microphone thing worked out, I'm just going to try to really just plunge my you know creative energies in this in this thing and really work on the production end of it as much as I can. I feel like that's where I have the most to contribute. Uh, not that I can't contribute in other areas, but. Um, uh, I, I put together a little bit today, and you listened to it. What you think of it? I liked it. I thought it was really good. Kind of yeah. sounded like something I think Eddie Van Halen would have played. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what the portable studio allows me to do because uh, I can record 16 tracks on it, and. Um, and the beauty of it is, is that you can be recording one track while you're playing another track, so you hear how they sound together, and you and you hear how they how they line up. Um, recording them individually, and then trying to fit them together—that's just that's just too hard. and and that was something I was thinking when you told me what you told me yesterday was, wow, and he just bought that portable studio. And that's yeah, a huge like said, investment in the four persons. Yeah. You know, like I said yesterday, I wasn't having a particularly good day. Um, it happens to all of us. Um, it's it's called the human condition. Yeah. We have days when we're okay, and we have days when we're not so okay. And, and that's one of the things where this little family of ours has... has uh, tried to recognize that in each other and tried to recognize when there's times when we kind of got to lift each other up because uh, let's face it, life is hard. I mean, look at what you went through with, with Cuba and um, you know, those are blows. Those are difficult things to overcome. And, uh, and, and we, live in a, we live in a world where 
tragedy and, and, and trauma is becoming more and more commonplace, and the rise of evil is becoming more and more commonplace. And families are families are being destroyed. And um, there was a pope. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head which saint it was that said this, but there was a saint that said that. Um, Ordinary Catholics won't survive this age. It's going to take, it's only heroic Catholics are going to survive this age. And I'm not saying that to make myself out to be a hero by any stretch. I'm saying that he was speaking to just the extraordinary assault that there would be on the, on, on, on the family, on the Catholic man and the Catholic family these days. And, Michael J. McGinty saw it coming too, and um, boy, it sure has it sure has come to fruition. These are dark days we live in. Yes, it has, and I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, but um, you know, um, the Book of Revelation. I've read the Book of Revelation. I've read the entire Bible, and. Um, uh, I'll give you a little spoiler. Uh, Jesus wins. Exactly. That's, that's the thing we need to keep in mind is that, um, you know, and I imagine Friday and Saturday in 33 AD, April of 33 AD, looked pretty dark. You know, um, they didn't understand what was coming. They didn't understand Easter Sunday was coming. Nope, the resurrection they did. Was and uh, and sometimes we lose sight of that, Richard. That our that our Easter is coming, and uh, it's 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 hard sometimes to be in the middle of the of the Good Friday. And this week, uh, everybody, I, I've seen posts, and I wanted to address this because this is something that's been weighing heavily on my on my mind, on my heart. Uh, there's been a lot of posts about the fact that this Wednesday is going to be St. Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday. I'm sure you followed that, right? I have. Yeah, there's been a lot of people that have been making uh, you know, a big deal about that. And it is an unusual thing. Um, but I remember vividly, vividly, what happened the last time that Ash Wednesday and St. Valentine's Day um, fell on the same day, and I remember seeing it unfold in real time, and um, it's just really hard to get that tragic, horrible day out of my mind, because, um, like I said, I remember so vividly what had happened, and, uh, and I've actually talked to some of the family members. Um, that were affected by that horrible situation and lost lost family members in that in that unspeakable crime. And um, it's just something that's been weighing on my mind, you know. You know, well, add this to the mix. It's also gonna be my sixth wedding anniversary with Kila. Measured on, or you were married on February 14th? Yes, I was. Oh, so. 
I know that's going to make it an even, even more difficult day. I'm sorry for that. Well, the good thing is that I am reading at Mass, at the noon Mass on Wednesday, and I am also going to be the Extraordinary Minister of Holy Communion. So that's going to bring my spirits way up. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I, I think we should do something, uh, we should do something special for Lent, and, uh, I, I haven't figured out, uh, what that would be, but, uh, probably something that we could, some, probably something that we could do, uh, uh, a specific devotion that we could do for the debate days of Lent. Of course, the last time we tried to do that, the last time we tried to do a special devotion, uh, for an entire <laughs> period of time was the period when we tried to do the St. Andrew's Novena leading up to Christmas. That's when uh, Long Time Radio decided to fall apart. So yes, it hopefully is. We never, hopefully we won't ever repeat that. I don't think we will. And I can tell you that... Um, even though we pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy every day, from Good Friday through Easter Sunday, we are going to be doing the specific Divine Mercy Novena. So we're going to be reading the Novena parts as well. And... And I'd also like to do something special for uh, for Divine Mercy Sunday. Well, and that's part of the Novena. It, the Novena runs from Good Friday through Mercy Sunday. So this is my announcement that we're going to be doing that. So I'm going to be extending the show to 45 minutes for that eight-day period or nine-day period. Okay. All right, sounds yeah. good. And, uh, I was going to tell you about it eventually. I just hadn't had a chance to yet. Uh, I got you. I get it. Yeah. We've, been, we've all been busy lately. Well, yeah. So... Anyway, the saint of the day is going to be Our Lady of Lords, and I'm going to talk about her as soon as we're finished. So. All right, well, I'll go ahead and let you go and let you, let you continue with that, and uh, God bless you. God bless you, brother. Thank you for joining us today. So let's go ahead and talk about Our Lady of Lords. And for those that uh, <clears throat> were listening live, you can catch up with us on uh, the streaming portion. But on February 11th, 1858, St. Bernadette Subaru went with her sister Toyretta and a neighbor, Jeannie Abadie, to collect some firewood. While taking off her shoes and stockings to wade through the water near the grotto of Mastabier, she said she heard the sound of two gusts of wind. 
but the trees and bushes nearby did not move. A wild rose in a natural niche in the grotto, however, did move. Subaru tried to make the sign of the cross, but could not as her hands were trembling because she had come back towards the grotto and uh, had hardly taken off the first stocking when she turned her head towards the grotto, and as she saw the trees quite still, she went on taking off her stockings, heard the same gust of wind a second time, and raised her head to look at the grotto. She saw a lady dressed in white wearing a white dress, a blue pearl girdle, and a yellow rose on each foot, the same color as the chain of her rosary. The beads of the rosary that Our Lady was holding were white. From the niche, or rather the dark alcove behind it, came a dazzling light. So the lady smiled and invited Subaru to pray the rosary with her. Subaru had to keep this a secret, but Toinette told her mother. After parental cross-examination, she and her sister received corporal punishment for their story. Three days, three days later, on Valentine's Day, the 14th day of February, Subaru returned to the grotto. She had brought holy water as a test that the apparition was not of evil origin provenance. The second time was the following Sunday. Then I started to throw holy water in her direction, and at the same time, and this is St. Bernadette's words, um, at the same time, I said that if she came from God, she was to stay but if not, she must go. She started to smile and bowed. This was the second time. St. Bernadette's companions are said to have become afraid when they saw her in an ecstasy. She remained ecstatic even as they returned to the village. On February 18th, she spoke of being told by the lady to return to the grotto over a period of two weeks. She quoted the apparition. The lady only spoke to me a third time. She told me about, she also told me that she did not promise to make me happy in the world, in this world, but in the next. So St. Bernadette was ordered by her parents to never go there again. She went anyway, and on February 24th, St. Bernadette related that the apparition had asked her for prayer and penitence for the conversion of sinners. The next day, she said that the apparition asked her to dig in the ground and drink from the spring she, turned, she found there. This made her disheveled, and some of her supporters were dismayed, but this act revealed the stream that soon became a local point or 
focal point for pilgrimages. Although it was muddy at first, the stream became increasingly clean. As seven of these curses or cures were confirmed as lacking any medical explanation by Professor Virgis in 1860, the first person with a certified miracle was a woman whose right hand had been deformed as a consequence of an accident. Several miracles turned out to be short-term improvement or even hoaxes, and Catholic Church and government officials became increasingly concerned. The government fenced off the grotto and issued stiff penalties for anybody trying to get near the off-limits area. In the process, Lourdes became a national issue in France, resulting in the intervention of Emperor Napoleon III with an order to reopen the grotto on October 4, 1858. The church had decided to stay away from the controversy altogether. St. Bernadette, knowing the local area well, managed to visit the barricaded grotto under the cover of darkness. There, on March 25th, she said that she was told, I am the Immaculate Conception. Que soy era Immaculata Concepcio. On Easter Sunday, the 7th of April, her examining doctor stated that St. Bernadette in ecstasy was observed to have held her hands over a lit candle without sustaining harm. On July 16th, St. Bernadette went for the last time to the grotto. I have never seen her so beautiful before, she reported. The Catholic Church, faced with nationwide questions, decided to institute an investigative commission on November 17, 1858. On January 18, 1860, the local bishop finally declared that the Virgin Mary did appear indeed to St. Bernadette, then it was just Bernadette Subaru, today we know her as Saint. These events established the Marian veneration in Lourdes, which together with Fatima and the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe, is one of the most frequented Marian, Marian shrines in the world, and to which between four and six million pilgrims travel annually. And I know that I want to visit Lourdes, and I believe that I will visit Lourdes, and I know who I want to go to Lourdes with. But uh, anyway, um, in 1863, Joseph Hugh Fabish was charged to create a statue of the Virgin according to St. Bernadette's description. The work was placed in the grotto and solemnly dedicated on April 4, 1864, in the presence of 20,000 pilgrims. The veracity of the apparitions of Lourdes is not an article of faith for Catholics. Nevertheless, all recent popes have visited the Marian shrine at some point. 
Benedict the Sixteenth, Pius the Eleventh, and John the Twenty Third went there as bishops. Pius Twelfth as papal delegate. He also issued an encyclical, Le Perinage de Lourdes, on the one hundredth anniversary of the apparitions in nineteen fifty eight. John Paul II visited Lourdes three times during his pontificate and twice before as a bishop. St. Bernadette described the apparition as a young girl of about 14 to 15 years of age. She insisted that the apparition was no taller than St. Bernadette, who was four foot seven inches tall. St. Bernadette was diminutive even by the standards of other poorly nourished children. St. Bernadette described the apparition as dressed in a flowing white robe with a blue sash around her waist. This was the uniform of a religious group called the Children of Mary, which on account of her poverty, St. Bernadette was not permitted to join although she was admitted after the apparitions. Her Aunt Bernard was a longtime member. The statue that currently stands in the niche with the grotto of Massabier was created by uh, Fabish in 1864. Although it has become an iconographic symbol of Our Lady of Lourdes, it depicts a figure which is not only older and taller than Subaru's description, but also more in keeping with orthodox and traditional representations of the Virgin Mary. On seeing the statue, St. Bernadette was profoundly disappointed with this representation of her vision. And that's really all I'm going to talk about about Our Lady of Lords, except that there are hundreds of thousands of cures annually. At least I think there are hundreds of thousands of cures annually due to Lord's Water. And I have some in my possession that my mother gave me for my birthday last year. And I also have a statue in front of me of Our Lady of Lourdes. And the rosary that I used to pray the chaplet today was the very same purple Lourdes rosary, purple because it's reminiscent of my amethyst birthstone. Um, but it's the rosary that I used to pray the chaplet, the purple Our Lady of Lourdes rosary that my mother gave me for my birthday last year. And we are not going to pray the Three Hail Marys Novena today because we're almost 20 minutes over. And I apologize for that. Um, but you've gotten the daily update. Um, the information for today's Saint of the Day came from Wikipedia. Um, and with that, I want you guys to visit the Rock Company Shop. 
That's the T H E Rock R O C K Company C O M P A N Y Shop S H O P dot com and buy yourself a rosary. Buy something nice and tell them that your friends at the four persons sent you. And with that, we're going to call it a day. And I want you to have a blessed rest of your Sunday and a great Monday. And I will see you at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon Eastern. Until then, be blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, my friends. I love you all. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. La cual pudiera llevarme al hospital, así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Are you ready? Ready to discover your soul, your wild side, your passion, your joy, and excitement. From the latest slots and table games, to award-winning dining, to world-class entertainment, to a luxurious resort. Discover all this and more. Discover with soul. Casino del Sol, the soul of Tucson. Are you ready? Enterprise of Pascua Yaki Tribe.